Hi, Stephen. Hi, Zach. I wanted to open this up today before we get into the show and talk for a second about Michael K. Williams. Michael is a super talented actor who probably best known for The Wire, but he, mm-hmm. he's done a lot of shows for HBO. He was kind of a bit of a, a HBO poster boy for a while doing shows like The Wire. He did, oh, what was the other one? He did Boardwalk Empire. He was one mm-hmm. of the main characters. Uh, Bessie was a movie on HBO he was a main character on. And most recently, he had been in Lovecraft Country, which I think was a, a really up-and-coming show. And uh, really sadly, a week ago, he passed away um, really, really young and uh, really, really upsetting. He, uh, a dynamic actor who, who's gone way too soon. Of course, we know him as Professor Kane in the season of Community that we're talking about right now. So having that happen, uh, it really hits because I feel like we were just seeing him just a, just a little bit ago while we were watching his episodes of Community. And, uh, well, he talked a lot publicly about having struggles with drug addiction, and unfortunately, that's what took him, and that's really sad. Yeah. And I wanted to remember him and the dynamic performer he is and uh, uh, the what he brings to community. I think Professor Kane is a really nice—it's a shame that we didn't get more of him because he's a really mm-hmm. nice— uh, the types of professors that we usually have at Greendale are so inept, and Kane is so real world and like yeah. hardened that he has no room for any of the the foolishness, and and it's really funny. And I wish uh, we could have seen more of him on the show. All of the cast and community in the last week have had a lot of really nice things to say about him. It's clear that they cared about him a lot, and I don't know. I guess I feel the need to say that. Uh, this this hits closer to home for me because a couple weeks ago I lost a really close childhood friend to a similar issue, and it's hard to not think about that when thinking about this. And so yeah. I guess I felt like I needed to take a second to say that uh, drug use is normal, and the taboo behind it really needs to be shattered because drug addiction is also normal, and mm. it needs to be able to be treated without judgment uh yeah. where where i feel like there's this drug addicts need to be removed from society and like taught how to be better before they go back out and don't do drugs anymore you know what i mean drug mm-hmm. use is normal and the taboo needs to be shattered because drug overdoses are preventable and yeah. and losing people to them is so sad uh so i just wanted to Take a second uh, before we started the show. Sorry to do something that's so dark at the beginning. We'll get in a second to an episode that we recorded before this happened. It's fun. I hope you stick around. But I just wanted to take a couple of seconds here to remember Michael and to remember my friend and to remember anyone that we that we know or love that we've lost uh, because of this. And yeah, that's it. Steven, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, (laughs) but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint 
podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome Podcast <laughs> Reviewer, or whatever you can. And that's going to help <laughs> us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappod. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air. Yeah, we don't do the show live, but nice try, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us, and let's get into this week's podcast. They wanted me to plant a bug on you. I can't, and I won't. Our values, our identities, they mean nothing to me now. Only the primal remains. To me, you are simply... A physical necessity. A subway. subway. Hello, everybody. The world out there. Welcome into our bosom. We're glad to, to, to hold you back in our breast. Uh, for another episode of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, welcome. We're glad you made it. We're glad you've joined us, and, and I hope it's a beautiful day wherever you are. I hope your day is just going great. Yeah, I hope that, you know, the, the air is fresh, you're, mm-hmm. you're relaxed, you're, mm-hmm. you're soft, you're warm, you're just swaddled up, or maybe you're, you're getting ready for work. You're on your way to, to the daily grind with a cup of joe in your hand and the and your favorite Miley Cyrus song, Bebopping in Your Head. Well, move over, Miley, because it's time for You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. You lost me at I Hope You're Soft. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine anyone who listens to our program is quite soft. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to another episode of the podcast, everyone. I'm Zach, and I just wanted to start a sandwich shop. I did not sign up for this. I'm Steven, and eat fresh. Nice. Thanks. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to be doing this. I'm quite excited to talk about today's episode of Community. I am too. I thought it was a good one. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I watched it several times. I'm really proud of you. Thanks. We've got a shout out at the top of our show, our $10 and up patrons at patreon.com slash podcast. Those people are Melissa LaPena, Mary Baker Budisa, and Danny M. Lugo. We love all of those people very much. And if you'd like to join the ranks of names that I say on a weekly basis, that's for $10 and up patrons over at the website I mentioned. But tiers start at just $5 to get our hours and hours of bonus content that we're adding to all the time. Yeah, there's over a day's worth of extra us over there. So yeah. if you're into that sort of thing, go grab a hold. And by my ma- if my math is correct, and it usually is, that means by the time we finish this community podcast in give or take a year, uh, that'll mean that there will be over a decade of bonus Patreon-exclusive content 
over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. So go check that out. That's you, you're, it's, it's honestly, you're disservicing your happiness in life not to take advantage of it. Yeah, don't delay your own joy. Get out there now. And of course, a shout out as always to our dear beloved community father at communities on Twitter. Uh, man, I, I I could just really, really use a nice, warm hug from Papa right now. That would just really bring my day together. Yeah, I'd love to go in like a nice, relaxing, sunset, hands-in-your-back-pocket yeah. type of walk. Yes. <laughs> Let's make that happen soon. Okay. We'll have to fight over who gets the right pocket because that's both our favorite. <laughs> it, it is. Oh, his daddy's pocketnets are big enough for both Wait, of us. wait. <laughs> Did you hear how you said that? Pocketnets? Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> we love the support that we get from communities. They do so much for us and the community fandom at large. So thanks for being you, and let's touch each other's pockets real soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So what do we need to do? We're talking about community. Did we do all the all the beginner things? Do you want to make Do you want to make lovely small talk, or do you want to hop right in? Is there anything let's, you want to talk about it? Um, You know, it was, it was – I had a good weekend. That's really nice. You uh, – <laughs> You performed in a in a dancery battle of some sort, correct? I did. Uh, there was a dance competition. It was my first one with a student in a long time, and I'm very happy to say that all three uh, male instructors from my studio, uh, there are only three of us, but all three of us that were at the competition all wore our masks the entire time we were dancing at an event that somehow uh, didn't require it. So, In Chicago? No, in Minneapolis. No, it was in Minneapolis, but, but because it was a private event, technically it works around the rules somehow. I thought when you started, and I'm very proud to say that the three male dancers from my studio all placed with flying colors and and got the highest regards. But no, you were well, just the only people. Well, two of us were in the were... Uh, finals for the all around with our that's students. That's great. So that's good. Yeah, that's and this great. This is my first competition with the, the student I was working with. And we've only been dancing together for a couple months, so it takes a while to build like a partnership with a student. So that was. So I'm happy that we made the finals in a very that's competitive cool. division. Yeah. I know that you didn't get to spend a ton of time there, but what was your impression of the city? Um, I got to go a couple times out just to eat in places around, and the food was really good. I went to one kind of uh, dinery restaurant. It was very much a touristy place, but they sure. had great chilaquiles, which is one of my cool. favorite like things. If you don't know, that's basically like breakfast nachos. Mm. Um, super yummy. I'm not really a nacho guy. Ah, here's the thing, though. It's not like regular nachos. It's they're soft because you put salsa all over them, so they get a little bit softer. So you eat them with like a fork. It's delicious. Maybe I'd be into trying. I, I'd be into trying it, but that's mm-hmm. my problem. I don't like to pick up and eat nachos. I like to eat my meals with a fork most often, unless it's something yeah, sure. more handheld. And that's it's just too messy and too much. I like to have my chips and salsa on the side. Mm, I like you on the side. What um, else did you eat? I also had um, a really good, like, burger at this, like, Irish mm. pub that also had Indian mm. food. I don't know. It was a Ooh. weird thing going on. But uh, it was a really good burger. Had, had like, a bacon jam on it that I can get behind. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so do you like sushi? I love sushi. It's my favorite food. So we're still in this time vacuum of recording. This episode, when it's released, I believe we're going to be hitting the road. We'll be on, on our way to the border right now. Yeah. We'll be halfway to canada exactly that's where uh, that's where i will be a big and, bright oh, beautiful God world. Damn you. 
and for me. If we uh, so the place where we're going, there are two like kind of shopping center areas with a bunch of restaurants. And one of the restaurants that, if we have time to go to any, would be one worth going to, is called Cowfish, and it's like mm. a burger sushi fusion. I can rock with those things. Like I forget what I got, but I got a sushi roll that I forget what was in the middle of it. But on top of it was like, like whatever type of beef is like served pretty rare, like like almost like poke beef, or it was mm. like like a like a seared like lightly seared beef on like, yeah. like a filet mignon or something that was on top of the sushi. Yummy. I don't know. It was cool, and we also got like a. They have like a crab rangoon, like chips and dip, and the chips are like, like wonton chips and nice. crab rangoon dip. We might have to try that. It was pretty, pretty good. That sounds like a fun pretty time good. to me. Let's move on into talking about the television program Community. Don't you think? Sure, I've seen it a time or two. We're here to talk about. Okay, that was a weird way to do that. <laughs> We're here to talk about season three, episode thirteen. It's digital exploration of interior design. The episode was directed by Dan Ekman, who was a part of Derek Comedy, but this oh. is his only directing credit on Community. And it was written by the great Chris McKenna, who had nine writing credits across the series, and in later seasons was Dan Harmon's like secondhand man, like his, his writing partner for the show. Mm. So that's pretty cool. And the episode originally aired on March 29th, 2012. And let's just go right into some trivia. Well, there, I have a question for you. There have been okay. a lot of uh, kind of one-off directors this season. That's true. What's up with that? Well, I don't know. They haven't mentioned it. And often these one-time directors have been on the audio commentary for the episode too. So mm-hmm. that implies that they're staff directors or close enough to the show that they're still hanging around to mm-hmm. come in a room and do some audio commentary. I'm not sure. Interesting. I can't answer your question. But you're right. Weird. Like, there were two episodes recently that were both directed by the same guy, and those were his only directing mm-hmm. credits. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I don't know everything. Maybe Daddy knows. I, Daddy, please fill us in. <laughs> yeah, <Or> Daddy. <laughs> Daddy, fill us to the brim. <laughs> Let's do some trivia. Let's talk about what we learned from the episode. I've only got four questions this week. I've got five today, so I'll okay, go first. So nail me twice. All right. Uh, when and where was Leonard going to invest? That was one of my questions, uh, ah. kind of. But it was 1952, and he was going to invest in IBM. You're right. You're right. Well, I'll go ahead and throw you another one then. Throw it at me. Uh, what percentage of people named Kim are men? Oh, man. I don't know. I imagine pretty low or surprisingly high, so I'm not sure which direction I want to go. I'm just going to say uh, uh, 8%. Ah, I should have doubled it. 16% according wow. to the show, at least. I don't know okay. if that's accurate. Probably I, not. That might be. Uh, <laughs> Your go, Pally. You want me to go now? Okay, yeah. so now I've only got three questions. What are the names of Annie's stuffed animals? Oh, balls. It's, um... Okay, it's the, the kangaroo is Ruthie. Yes. And then in Ruthie's pocket is... Yes. Oh, you're so close. You're so, oh yeah, Nathan. Yes, you got it. Nathan Great job, Ooh, beautiful little froggy. You did that a was, good job, buddy. Yeah, I considered. I was like, oh, should I do that? Every time I watched it, I was like, oh, I should do this a question. I was like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 I'll leave it. Um, what years? Oh, sorry, 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 wrong question. It's okay. <clears throat> how old is the man? Is Subway the person? And how tall allegedly uh, is he? Well. <laughs> 
I can't believe you're 5'10". I don't know what the exact line is. <laughs> yeah. Is it that he's a week old? Is that he what is. you're asking? That's because bingo he and vote. bongo. Good job, Zach. We're doing all right so far. Mm-hmm. Toss one in me. Let's see Let's see what comes up this time. Um, What years was Hot and Brown active? 2009 to 2012. Oh, you're so close. 13? According to the sign, it said 2011. Oh, I was just th- assuming 2012 because that's when the episode came out. Damn yeah. it. Yeah. That was good Damn though. That it. was on you. You you were there. You got me so close, but mm-hmm. not quite there. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. Okay, what does Troy bribe the dean with? A twenty percent off Bath and Body Works coupon. No. You are incorrect, it? sir. What is it? A twenty percent off Bed Bath Bed and Bath Beyond and Beyond coupon. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So oh. I've only got one more question. How many do you have left? I have one left. You just have one? Okay, go ahead. Um, what does Shirley call Britta when convincing her to sleep with Subway? Ooh, like in the beginning of that? Yeah. It's, it's like, like Britta, you're a you're, more uh, modern, loose... I don't remember exactly the, the bullshit question. What was it? I, I can't give you full credit, but you did... You were on I the kind right of track. remember, but I didn't remember the a whole A progressive line. woman with a yes. liberated looseness. Horsemanship. 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 My last question for you. What is the name of Vice Dean Laybourne's band? Oh, the, the only like, way you would have caught it is because it was hat. on his hat at the end. The like Levo Kevins or something? No. <laughs> what was the it? Levo Kevins or something. It was Kelvin and the Zeros. Oh, that makes sense because temperature. That was an okay round of trivia. We started off strong, and I think we got overconfident and, mm-hmm. and kind of fell flat on our face. Yeah, upon, I, f- upon I really messed up one. I whiffed on one that I shouldn't have, and that's disappointing. <laughs> whiffed. I can't believe I didn't remember the Levo Kevins. Let's move on. What email do we have to read today? Um, We've got an email from okay. Daddy Pockets himself. Daddy Pockets. <laughs> good, mor- good morning, guys. This episode, you don't know what time okay. it is. Yeah, it's 1.45 <laughs> for right. me. 12.45, it's this? afternoon no matter what way you look at it. Yeah. Mm. Good morning, guys. This episode does a wonderful job of setting up the simmering tune. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> there were two errors that took place here. He says <laughs> setting up the shimmering True and Abed feud. But Wait, I read it as two and Abed, shimmering but it's Troy and Abed. <laughs> uh, setting. Uh, mm, Let's start this, over. Mm, yeah. Let's start over. <laughs> Woo! Good morning, guys. This episode does a wonderful job of setting up the shimmering Troy and Abed feud and integrating Subway, who were really good with almost everything Community wanted to do. My MVP would normally be John Goodman because he's John Goodman, but it's Britta. Gillian makes all, makes this all believable. You know, every time I say her name, I've watched the show for years. I've seen her in other things. Every We've time talked I always about her guess. for almost yeah. years. Every time I say Gillian, I'm like, wait, it's Gillian. It it's, it's Gillian. Gillian. Um, by the way, the Kim is a guy part came from a corporate suit named Kim was regularly sending notes to Dan. Okay, okay, I see. The Kim is got a guy it. part. I got it. Came from a corporate suit named Kim, who was regularly sending notes to Dan. Yeah, Dan I got didn't it. Didn't like first him one. much, apparently. Sure. Kim part came from. <laughs> Have a great one, Leave guys. Your Kim came talk out of this. What are the questions <laughs> or fun nah. facts or trivia? 
She hasn't done the math, but what kind of whore does Britta think herself to be? A super classy what? one. Is that what it is? And she said she's classy. She, there's like something else, mm. but I don't know what. He he she's lost like, me with the math part. Ah. Uh, um. What are the names of Annie's stuffed animals for the sleep study? Nathan Ruthie and, and Ruthie. And Nathan. Yeah, I said um, it first. Just let the record show that I said it first. And then how is Constable Reggie awesome to Troy? I don't know uh, this one. He knows space something, karate or space. And friendship for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, okay. Super classy kind of whore that gets flown to Dubai to stay in an underwater hotel. That's really classy. That's pretty classy. Is that a real thing? Underwater hotel? That'd be cool. I that know that awesome. Singapore has one like that's like make me really, really high in the sky. It's like, and there's like a pool. That'd that be like kind of cool too. The ground. Yeah, it's scary. Um, number two, Ruthie and Nathan, as we know. And then number three, Reggie is trained in zero gravity martial arts and has a whistle. And he has a whistle. Yeah, okay. Nice. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for the email, Pops. Thanks for uh, writing in. Let's move right into our next segment as we're knocking these segments off the list. Steven, this episode has three plots. I'm, I was nervous the whole time. I think I've psyched myself out. Yeah, and for anyone who's new to the show, I'm so sorry. Uh, but we <laughs> do this every week where Steven has 20 seconds on the clock to relate to us uh, everything that he can about the episode for me to grade his performance. And it's kind of one of those things that uh, – uh, we do this because usually it's entertaining because usually he doesn't do so well. Mm-hmm. But I, I always have it in my heart that, man, that A is going to come one of these days. Have you yeah. gotten an A minus? I have. I've gotten an A, solid no, A before. No, no, I got an A plus for my uh, review of, of the, the cape. cape, but that was yeah. a bullshit anyway. That was a bullshit A plus. I have that audio note from that episode framed on my wall. <laughs> That's, What? <laughs> I, what I'm saying is it's time to gather together as a nation and find out, did Steven, did watch, Steven the episode watch the episode this week? This week. Are you ready to do this, my friend? I guess. Got 20 seconds on the clock. Three, two, one, go. Oh, my God. Annie... Um, is doing a sleep study, and Jeff wants to join it, and Shirley wants to take down Subway. There's a guy named Subway, and Britta wants to sleep with them. Then Troy and Abed are having arguments. They want to build forts. Abed wants pillow fort. Britta wants blankets. That comes later. And then, um, oh, no. The Dean's involved, too, and John Goodman is trying to pretend them against each other, and Britta f- Subway. Oh, boy. <laughs> what happened with Jeff this week? Which plot was he in? Oh my Did he god! Do his own Steven. thing. What was oh, the very Kim. first thing you said? You said, "Oh my oh god!" Oh my god! <laughs> and he's in a sleep study. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Are you all right? Do I, I watched this episode in? twice as much as I normally do, at least. Wow. Yeah. So. Ugh. It was kind <laughs> of funny. <laughs> But I to think, be fair, I think I still got two-thirds of what happened in the episode. To be fair, I'll do the grading here. <laughs> and you know that usually when you try to explain why it was actually good, that's not a great sign. Because on the good ones, I'll be like, you know what? You did a good job that time. And you'll be like, yeah, I did. That was a C-. minus. Yeah, sure. <laughs> 
I couldn't fun. think of what happened with Jeff at all. I want to talk about, uh, well, we'll get to it. Uh, Jeff got a letter from Kim about being inconsiderate, and it sent him down a wormhole of thinking then Kim had died and feeling like he could never be resolved of it or absolved of it. Mm-hmm. And something about him and Annie. Yeah. Looking up in there. Uh, so I want to talk about our favorite funny moments from this week's episode. I've got two to call out. The first one was the scene with Britta and Subway separated from each other in the library. Mm-hmm. And almost especially the moment where he tells his dream of, like, owning something <laughs> for disabled animals. And Britta, like, closes her eyes like, oh. I yeah, thought it was, was so great. funny. I thought Gillian really nailed it. And the other one I wrote down was the exchange in the beginning of the episode that technically Greendale students are in the Army Reserves. Let's pray for peace. Yeah, that was so funny. Beautiful I'm glad. I had three. One of them was the prayers for peace thing. But the other one was Garrett at the drinking fountain ah, when he was just ah, shooting ah, water into his that face. That saved Garrett. <laughs> and then one that I missed the first time I saw the episode uh, – <laughs> When the dean comes up to talk about, like, the world record, he's like, well, I was Googling record lengths for stuff. I came across. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice it like that. <laughs> so funny. That's Just, like, so really little. funny. And it's such a, he, Jim Rash throws it away. A worst yeah. actor would have, like, well, I was Googling lengths for stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What a funny bit. That's oh perfect. God. Mm-hmm. What Good did you think of it this week? week? Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed every plot this episode yeah. for the most part. There might have been really just a few small beats or lines that took me out of it. But overall, wow, what a great episode. Mm-hmm. Three plots that are completely different from one another. And two of the three are definitely – now – the one that's a B plot is an A plot next week. Yeah. But but for two the A and B plot are both these really creative, like big leaps that could have been a whole episode with barely a B plot. And sure. They've shoved it all into this episode and especially coming off the rails of two episodes that were definitely our lower ones of the season, and it's mm-hmm. been kind of a rocky season. This is exactly the type of weird shit that takes place at the school that I wanted. This was a really, really great episode. Well, and this is literally what what we were promised at the beginning of the season, right? And they're like, okay, things are going to be dark and weird at the school. Like, they're not going to be normal. And this this falls into that. And I think that there were a couple episodes that did this well, but mm-hmm. I think not even to this point where it's it's this big thing, these big things that are happening mm-hmm. that couldn't seem realistic at all, but that totally works. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was really funny. I thought the, oh man, just the subway of it all is great. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that throughout the episode. Uh, And it's the first episode in a while this season, thinking back, that uses each of its main cast members, minus a Chang, I guess, really, really well. Pierce was in this whole episode. Pierce was in it, and he had some good bits. I will comment on a couple of things directing-wise that maybe you didn't notice that the first time I watched it really Mm -hmm. stood out to me. There are a couple of shots where that's not Chevy. Really? Yeah. The only thing I noticed is I thought that the first time they did the ink in his mouth, it looked fine. Well, the they second time about it was that, very clearly CG. Digital. Well, yeah. that's what they said on the commentary. It wasn't exactly a Chevy thing. It was like, uh, well, we'll have to do it a couple of times, and then we have to clean it up and clean his mouth yeah. up and to do it again. So it just didn't make sense to have him sure. keep doing it. 
Because I, I think uh, that was – we'll talk about it. I'm sure we'll do some Chevy Wash throughout mm-hmm. the episode. We'll get started just in a second. But I thought that was like a physical comedy bit that it was good. Chevy committed to in a way that he hadn't been lately. So yeah. it was kind of cool to see. Good you job. do it, Chevy. Give us the least and we'll eat that shit up. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> – so we want to like it. you. I like that the episode started off with that little mural to Hot and Brown mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Uh, the Hot and Brown coffee shop was a nice thing, a very season one thing that we saw a lot. Yeah. That, uh, I'll always remember Professor Whitman, uh, I shall have a birthday cake. I'll always remember mm-hmm. Hot and Brown for moments like that. And what a great start off to this episode, introducing immediately that this is going to be the Subway commercial episode. Yeah. But it's very, very much going to be Community's version of the Subway commercial episode exactly. and not Subway's. I love the Dean's whole thing here about uh, calling the cafeteria cafetorium, trying yeah, to sound fancy. Yeah, that's hilarious. Cutting the ribbon for <laughs> for the thing. And what happens? Yeah, the scissors, the scissors break, break into two pieces. <laughs> So he decides he's going to do it with his teeth. And something I thought that was really funny, he, so before he cut, tries to cut it, he's like, to show our school is legitimate. And then while he's gnawing through it, there was an ADR bit that would have been recorded and added in post. Mm-hmm. But of him, ta- him gnawing through it, being like, the legitimate, the legitimate. That was really funny. Really great stuff here. Really good. And I like that. So it's taking right off the heels of two weeks ago, what should have been the episode before this. I like how not only is this kind of a second parter for the Shirley wedding episode, mm-hmm. it's a first part for the for the Pillows and Blankets episode next week. And it's a real cool, like, even though it was interrupted in the scheduling, like a one, two, three punch of connected episodes. Yeah. However, I think maybe the subplot uh, or the subway plot, <laughs> maybe not literally <laughs> a subplot. Oh, uh, uh, Shirley should have been a little more directly involved. Her sure. desire for the for the sandwich shop it really kind of became Pierce's thing pretty quickly mm-hmm. that Shirley just tags along for. Uh, this opening scene with the whole group is pretty great. I love Annie is is a lesser part of this week's episode, but her bit here talking about how she's in a sleep study <laughs> class and she just has to wake up and like scream horrifically. So and funny. she just does it on command and it startles the extras behind her. Uh, Allison nailed that. That was a really, really funny Annie bit. I yeah, really that liked was that really joke. good. And she gets two credits. Troy and Abed are talking about right away that they're doing a pillow fort, uh, uh, which is of course... Uh, uh, the are a subplot for this episode that starts innocently enough, but like the last couple of weeks quickly becomes, I don't know, there's a bit of a power dynamic struggle yeah. between Troy and Abed right now, and we're going to see a lot of that this week. Uh, I thought it was weird that Britta called them out for repeating themselves. Why would she care? She'd be like, okay, have fun. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's more of a Jeff line, right? Sure. Sure. Or, like, Abed would be the one who's like, we can't repeat ourselves. Troy's mm-hmm. uh, line, everything's harder the second time, or everything harder is better, like, carrying – it says carrying on this uh, subtitle. It was, like, curing a disease yeah. or holding in a fart. And also the subtitle says, like, carrying a disease <laughs> or holding in a fart now right now. <laughs> I really, really like the delivery of the... that line. He did a great job. He made that broken English line sound really funny. <laughs> I don't know what book uh, Pierce is looking through that gives him an explanation on how he's going to defeat Subway. 
Yeah, apparently, but it like doesn't the matter. Rules or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're gonna keep going with it. That's not the point. The dean walks by, and Pierce asks him if he's or says, "I assume you're familiar with Greendale's bylaws." And it's another great dean delivery when he's like, "I have not." <laughs> uh, there's something in the Greendale bylaws that's a real. I don't know, like a pretty bullshitty write-off excuse for yeah. the subway thing that they don't end up... Well, I guess it's the reason why subway the person is there, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a little... It's a little... Yeah. It's a little stretch, but the episode moves at such a breakneck pace that you can't really think about it too long. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the couple of bits this episode? Let uh, A little round of Chevy Watch. I need to get like a... Like a news alert. Like breaking news kind of thing. Well, when they used to have Favre watch on uh, NFL Network sure. to see when he was going to retire, sure, um, it was like a like an air horn, not like a but like a. What did you think of the couple of bits in this episode that imply that Pierce is losing it in a new way? Uh, what is it first here with him uh, thinking it's late at night when it's 10 a.m. And he says, like, you're th- welcome. Thank you. Or you're welcome. Yeah. And then later in the episode uh, when he thinks it's the 90s. What do you think is going on? I think on it's with funny. Our boy? I think he's just old and confused. And, you know, but he's, he's like 67 or 68. He's old, he also has done a lot of drugs. that old. Pierce has, you think? Yeah. I think Pierce might have been too scared. Really? I mean, he talks about doing drugs a lot. Yeah, sure he does. He talks about all kinds of things. And I don't think he's like He talks about having hyperbaral sperm that shoot through the eggs too fast. Well, yeah. He also he had sex with Eartha Kitt on an airplane. Did you know that? Well, it came up naturally, so I'm <laughs> glad you mentioned it. But I think that, you know, he had a pill addiction. That messes with your head. Okay. But yeah, the bylaw is that uh, <laughs> organization in the school has to be fifty-one percent owned by a student. That's a really that sounds stupid like bullshit. Rule. I There's guess it's literally is been Chick Fil A and Taco Bell. But maybe the people who wrote these laws were for Greendale. It's like sure. the Greendale bylaws were like, well, we'll probably have to pay students less. We can just mm-hmm. give them credits for it. Maybe that was the thing. There we go. And Britta, the way that they introduce Subway is a beautiful, right? Subway, the character, not mm-hmm. Subway, the corporation, but really, what's the difference? Yeah. Uh, when Britta says her quip is, well, I don't remember seeing Subway in my premenopausal, post feminist, experiential <laughs> marketing class. And then, of course, Subway comes up and shows himself and has like the trendy college uh, abbreviation <laughs> of that weird class, premen, post fem, ex, mark. And that introduces us to Subway, the human being, who I don't know this actor's name, but he has been a yeah. really solid standby character actor for so many shows. He's been the soldier on It's Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. He is Keith on Scrubs, one of Elliot's yeah. time boyfriends. And here he's Rick slash Subway slash Honda in season six. Uh, it's it's really great to see him. He's such a game performer, and his costume, his haircut, he just is such a it's such great a, a plastic person. But yet, when the show delves into the man behind Subway later, I don't know. It this is just such a ridiculous fucking concept. It's so community that so they can have a Subway in the school, which <laughs> shouldn't mean shit to Subway the corporation. Yeah, they're Subway. They don't give a. F- why would subway, subway read the greendale bylaws that even the dean so didn't know? to be able to have this one subway at this one tiny cheap <laughs> school 
They've bought a person for a number of years mm-hmm. and make him legally enlist as Subway. I it's oh fuck, it's beautiful. It's so weird. <laughs> also, it's why does so his name weird. have to be Subway? He just has to own it. <laughs> there wasn't some guy named Hot and Brown walking around the campus. He's like, oh, drink my coffee. <laughs> yeah, you're very right. Uh, uh, but no, this guy's name is Subway, legally, using a groundbreaking but surprisingly legal process known as corpo humanization, corporate humanization. Man, it's... <sighs> It's so funny this Orwellian thing that they're that they're touching on yeah. that they'll that they'll point out blatantly later. It's the beautiful well first it's just so community to be this struggling television program that needs a little more money to do some of the higher concept stuff that they're mm-hmm. going to do. So they're going to do this big subway uh corporate sponsor episode thing. And what's funny is that when they agreed to do this subway was like, "Okay, you can do this, but we would like this product uh featured three times and we would <laughs> like someone from our corporate to be there to always be looking at the camera and make sure that the sandwiches are are placed in frame correctly and dan Harmon, that's hilarious it was like respectfully no <laughs> and, and then subway was like okay well then how about we give you the same amount of money and you do whatever you want and they were like yeah we can do that and it turned into this beautiful I don't know. It's like a comment on corporate yeah. entities, but Subway is a corporate entity that's giving money for this episode that kind of hangs shit on them a little bit. It's so community, and I love it. I love it so, so deeply. Very community. Did you ever see uh, the show Angie Tribeca? No, but I remember hearing about it. Uh, Rashida Jones. Yeah, comments. there was a really funny bit in that show where every time they would like go from one place to another, it was like a Ford Focus commercial of them driving the car and it was hilarious that's pretty funny Mm -hmm. i like stuff like that and this is one of the best examples ever on tv of incorporating corporate sponsorship in a way that it fuels the episode makes fun of the idea of it in the first place and the fact that it's set up for maybe one of if not the best brito plot lines of the entire series yeah Man, I'm so glad that after having a couple of Snooze Fest episodes that this one's just jam-packed with so much patented community weirdness that I love every bit of. Yeah, speaking of product placement, do you remember in TV shows, the one that used to piss me off the most is not like, you know, them drinking a civic drink in front of the camera, but when someone would like get a text message, someone else would be like, hey, cool phone, what is that? And like, oh, "Oh, it's my iPhone 5S. Look at this. I can do this and this at the same time. Oh, I got to get me one of those. QT Mobile ringtone. Boop, 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 boop. It, what? The Kim Possible ringtone? Oh, That's shit. That's what you just did. <laughs> What's I, the T-Mobile one? I don't know. I don't know. I never had a T-Mobile. Me neither. It was just a commercial. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, it's Sports almost Center. more annoying when it's like someone showing, excuse me, someone showing their iPhone, but they have to cover the Apple on the back. Oh, my God. Now, iCarly made it their own. And then later on, Steven. Victoria said the same thing with the pair. I phone. know we've been talking about a lot of Nickelodeon shows over on You Can't Disappear Show, but I like to think that this is a little bit more of a. Now you'll you'll balk at my use of this of this term, but this this program is a little more sophisticated than that. Was that you? That was me balking at that. Oh Jesus Christ! 
I liked the subway ID bit when he hands Troy his ID to prove that he's real. We don't actually get a glimpse of it. I wish we had. Yeah. I, I imagine that'd be a, a hard thing to do. I don't know. I picture it's kind of like a McLovin like, type thing going on where yeah. it just says subway. <laughs> Troy's like, I don't believe this. Come on, subway. There's no way you're 5'10". <laughs> I wish I was 5'10". Oh. Yeah. You're five tenths of a man to me, Zachary. I really love all of the delivery Subway has as as like a uh, – I don't want you to think I'm any less human than each of you and like something about partying as hard as his morality clause allows, which is kind of a good uh, precursor for what happens later in the episode. Yeah. Uh, and then he offers a fist bump to anyone who's in the same – eat fresh? Eat fresh? <laughs> I thought it was so funny. There was a point in this episode that I was really scared that there was a chance that Jared Fogle was going to show up in this episode. Oh, I'm glad he didn't. He didn't, but I think there's another Subway episode in season five, and I think he might show up there. Mm. You know, I've been to the Subway that he lived above in Bloomington, Indiana. One of my childhood best friends had a photo of him probably like eight and two other kids with Jared Fogel's arm around all of them. I was reading... Okay, so it sent me down a wormhole. I, yeah. I, like, Googled Jared Fogel when I was watching this episode the last time. And he, like... So, th- shit went down in 2015. Uh-huh. But stuff had happened before that in, like, 2005 or 2007. And there was, like, an FBI informant or something who, like, befriended him and recorded conversations between them for, like, a series of four years. What the And there hell? were, like, recorded conversations with stuff like him asking her if he could set up a webcam in their child's bedroom and, like, telling stories about, like, having sex with minors and traveling to do it. And it wasn't substantial enough evidence to lock him up at the time. But then somehow years later, so they, they uh, the FBI raided his home and found like computers with pornography yeah. on it, and they Yuck. locked him up. But how was that not enough to? How is that not enough? Two thousand five. Gross. Yeah. Two and thumbs I, down. You know, I'm really glad Fogel. that that Subway uh, moved past that and like just excised him and kept going on with their yeah. brand. Uh, and our sponsor this week, of course, is Subway's ex-press correspondent, Jared Fogel. Hey, Jared. <laughs> uh, Jared's don't... happy to sponsor us this week. Of course, we reached out for Subway to be our sponsor this week, and they, they declined. But Jared uh, kindly had nothing but time to give us mm-hmm. and is very willing to be our sponsor this week. Uh, all he... <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I don't even know where I want to go with this. Uh, all he asked for was <laughs> to prison ship him a, a webcam for some reason, uh, and which we happily obliged. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong we with that. We sent him two, uh, and he was yeah so happy. He's, he he actually... said, don't worry about it. The second one's for his pen pal that yeah. he intends on, on sending it to. Uh, but Jared has cleaned up his act in prison. He He's ready to be a good boy now, and he's ready to start selling... What's 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 the new product that Jared Fogel is, is well, the spokesman he's of? He's gone from subs to hoagies, Zach. He <laughs> said, "Come on down to Jared's homemade hoagies." You know, yes, he it, uh, it is strictly an eighteen plus establishment. Yes, by so. law, <laughs> he 
he will go to jail if any children show up for a number of reasons. So leave your children at least six feet away from the entrance, but leave them in frame of the front door camera, please. Please. Uh, Luckily, the side door is just one big sheet of glass uh, that looks out over a hill onto a children's playground. Um, So please enjoy the sights and sounds of frolicking He's atoned for his crimes, and he is. Listen to how hard he's working. He spends every hour of his day in the hoagie shop serving up hoagies. And you know what? You can watch him in that glass window. He's there all the time, just glaring and waving at his happy customers, and I'm sure not even noticing the six foot far away Catholic school's playground that that is well within sight. He's working so hard on his hoagies that his past sins have, have, have they're gone. Well, and he He's actually recently did an interview yeah. uh, with the Sun-Times where they asked him, they said, Jared, how do you feel being so close to these things? Are you going to be tempted? Yeah. He said, my mind is only on my hoagies. My eyes are looking only to the hoagie, and my pants are pointed only towards the hoagie. And it, honestly, if we're being honest, there's a little bit of a of a convenient timing uh, ad placement that we're getting from Mr. Fogel because his hoagies, of course, are the the sponsor of Bill Cosby and Chevy Chase's F- Yes, I Did It Tour, which Stephen and I are still drowning in tickets for. Yeah, please uh, take some of these off our hands. Thankfully, now we're getting a few promo hoagies, so at least we can eat those. But the yeah. tickets were, were incredibly expensive and they are not selling well but i'm really hoping that that branson missouri show is really gonna take off and and we're gonna be swimming in the in the dough but thank you for thank you jared fogel for everything you do uh for our show that's what he wanted me to say at the end of that i don't know why uh but he said please give a high-pitched almost childlike (laughs) wooey I God, uh, earlier I apologized if anyone's listening to our show for the first Could time. Could you imagine and that's the first thing they hear? They're like, we're two minutes into the episode of Community. <laughs> Eat fresh. And so they're still at the table. And the dean brings up the classic bit, the uh, did you, looking through the bylaws. And do you know that Greendale students are apparently in the Army Reserves? And then touches <laughs> Jeff. Let's say a little prayer for peace. So it's funny. one of the funniest jokes of the entire series, delivered perfectly by Jim Rash, who is a master at his craft, and that's what takes us into the theme song. It's always great when a stellar joke is what cuts us into the theme song, and that's what it was this time. Mm-hmm. We've had a, a couple that were not quite as great as they should have been going sure. to the theme, and this one puts a really good taste in your mouth. Just like those hoagies. Eat fresh. They're, I have to admit, the hoagies are a little on the too salty side. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And trust me, not as much of it as you would hope is sweat. So I was hoping none of it was sweat. (laughs) Oh, you will. (sighs) Okay, so now, you know, I think you rightfully struggled to recall the Jeff plot because while I like it, uh, especially coming off of last week talking about Jeff's freak out at the bar mitzvah, that that Jeff, uh, he's – He's an asshole, but called out for it and pretty harmless in this episode. Uh, but it is definitely the subplot of the three in this episode that is the least right home worthy. Mm-hmm. But I definitely. did think here, Annie's bit. So the whole thing is that uh, Jeff is shocked to find out that Greendale has lockers, which is a little shocking. Colleges don't usually have lockers, do they? Yeah. 
No. Maybe community colleges do. Maybe, because a lot of people are going home at the end of the day. Sure. But so at a college. But your home is on the college. Mm-hmm. Your home is your your home is your dorm room is basically a locker. Yeah. Well, and I guess in the music, now that I think about it, the yeah. music department at Ball State had lockers. But you have instruments. Yeah. True. And I didn't I, use them. I thought Annie's bit here with the stuffed animals was maybe a little too close for the grown men riding Annie to be sexy and childlike. Uh, this actually, this bit, of course, being in a in a subway clause. Because Jared Fogle was still working for them at the time. And yeah. if Subway's name was going to be uh, used in, in the in the episode, there's a weird rule that the youngest passing person of the main cast carry around stuffed animals for a portion yeah. of the episode. Sure. But all that being said, I thought it was a really cute bit here. I thought the the little froggy in the, in the kangaroo pouch, I thought it was cute. Yeah, I liked it. Now, looking at Annie's locker, there's lots of pictures of the study group, but a lot of Abed around that locker. Interesting. I didn't pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Jeff didn't know that he had a locker, and I thought it was really funny to cut to him opening his old locker and that it's completely full of flyers that are slid yeah. into lockers. Did they really do that at our high school? Um, Sometimes. Not I a guess ton. it would make more sense at a college that's having all of these dance events and mm-hmm. stuff, but... Uh, uh, it's a funny way to call out how many dances Greendale has. Dance, contest, contest, dance. And again, another all-timer bit is in this episode, even in this subplot that is like the lesser subplot of the three plots. It's Save Garrett. Yeah, Save Garrett. The Save Garrett flyer. What's wrong with Garrett? Nothing now. We saved him. (laughs) One of our Patreon tiers is the Save Garrett. We're still trying to save that sweet baby boy. And him at the water fountain is so funny. Eric Charles Nielsen is just... He's got this kind of Napoleon Dynamite demeanor where mm-hmm. he's just so dry and, and funny. And Garrett is just like a walking, like, malfunction. Yeah. And it's so funny to watch him at the water fountain, like, gargle and, and howl. And this is supposed to be saved, Garrett. They find a letter that's written to Jeff in the locker. And that's the main uh, thing for this subplot is that this letter that Jeff thinks might be a love letter turns out to be a hate letter from someone named Kim who is calling him inconsiderate and mean, and this must have happened his first year at Greendale, and he doesn't remember this person, which even though Jeff never really sees it this way, kind of is why he could be considered inconsiderate, rightfully. Uh, And it sends him down this track of becoming obsessed with the idea that anyone could possibly not like him. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Do you have a right knee... Any love or hate letters and drop them in a locker, Zach? I certainly wrote love letters, and I certainly broke up with people through notes as well. You dropped a note in their locker to break up no, with them? No, no. Oh, I, did I was going to say. I holy the, shit. No, no, listen, listen. I did the chivalrous thing, and I made my friend pass it to them during a passing period while I was uh, uh, thoughtfully on the other side of the building. <laughs> Oh no! It's like Zach, you're 30 minutes early to class today. Don't think, don't worry about it. <laughs> I got some stuff going on. So Clearly I've never broken up with stuff. anybody through someone else, but I definitely yeah. have been the person who someone else used to break up with someone several sure. times. Sure, it was my kind delivery. I don't think I have ever because okay, my relationship with Lily is my first adult relationship, and it's just mm-hmm. happened to be the one. Well, I guess like I don't know. You have your 
late high school, early college yeah. relationships that are kind of like things are blossoming into adult relationship, but not. But quite. they're not there. Yeah, yeah, not quite. And uh, so Lily is my first adult relationship, and mm-hmm. and uh, I forget where I was going with that. Breaking up. Yeah. So I've never had a, a breakup that's been face to face ever. Really. Or in person. I've never broken up with someone. Yeah. Um, I have. They've all been like gone and talked to somebody very shortly after breaking up, like to have like a post mortem or whatever. But yeah, most of mine have been through text message, I suppose. Yeah, that's really shitty of us. Maybe well, we're like Jeff. <laughs> I don't think so. I remember everyone I've broken up with or been broken up by. Yeah, but Jeff didn't break up with this Kim person. You just asked me a question about notes. Were you a note passer in high school? Not at all. I really I have a, notes. I have abysmal handwriting and I oh, can't read cursive, so I was not set up for success in the note game. <laughs> I like writing <laughs> notes. I'll write you a note, buddy. Man, this is going off the rails. More yeah. so than usual. I like Pierce's bit here talking about animals that are in herds. He's talking about the sheep at Subway. He's like, I want to say snakes. I don't know. Pierce had some funny lines and, and delivered them well in this mm-hmm. episode. Uh, and I thought it was... Uh, it was interesting they they mentioned on the commentary that often chris mckenna knew the best how to write pierce and also Mm. how to like work with chevy on set to have him like try things different ways what are some other uh chris mckenna stands out i definitely know that i didn't write him down because there were so many uh Mm -hmm. he wrote a lot of episodes in season two Uh, i think he wrote dungeons and dragons but that's just kind of that sounds about right to me so, of course, Britta is obsessed with the idea that Subway is a person now that's at their school and how that's so uh, corporate evil. And, and I really like this line from Britta. I, I, well, what did you think of the Britta unfiltered bit? I think that's really funny. It's the first time they – so she had a high school forum or something called – or a column. high school column called Britta unfiltered. And it's the only time – Oh, no, it's the second time they've ever made reference to Britta being the name of a water filter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the other time, it was Pierce, too. He's like, Britta, what is she, a water filter? Come on, she's ugly. He's, he says that yeah. to, to Jeff or something early in the series. Britta unfiltered. And Pierce, unfiltered, I get it. They don't call attention to it very often, and when they do, it's pretty study. It's really study? funny. Yeah. <laughs> I said study. When they do, wow. it's pretty Talk so much? Cool. Wow, much, much talk? Yeah, talk. So talk I thought, in the I, power I, of juju. God, I was thinking the same thing, but I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> I really, I really like this. These are the shots here. I noticed, and I think this is the one-time director coming through. There were a lot of over-the-shoulder, half of someone's face shots. Mm-hmm. These over-the-shoulder shots, never them. That's why would you? No, they often are them. Later, there's one with with Troy, and you can tell that it's Donald Glover. This is not Chevy Chase. Really? That's not Chevy Chase. Look That's not Chevy ears. Chase. Oh, because it's just his arm. They're, like, intentionally hiding him. But then there are shots of him. He stayed for the shots that are, like, I don't yeah. know. He did some, maybe they did some pickups later and he couldn't be bothered. Or or mm. I think they talk on the set off or on the commentary that Chevy's stand-ins would just be there all the time. So yeah. I think maybe Chevy would be like, I'm tapping out of this one. <laughs> and then Frank would come over and be Chevy, the back of Chevy's head for a little bit. I think the stand-in, when we see the behind the shoulder, I don't know if we'll see it again. It looked like a guy with whiter hair and more hair in the back. And it's not like, mm. I don't know, maybe it's him. I don't think it looks like him. Do you think it's him? I can't tell. 
Write us in. Hashtag is it him? <laughs> Hashtag is it Chevy Chase's stand-in or is it Chevy Chase himself sitting there in that shot from the episode where he's in the back of his head? Hashtag stand in or stand out. Hashtag stand for something. Forward slash Chevy Chase dot vote is it him. Hashtag. Backspace underscore underscore. Oh my god. Now we're in Troy and Abed's pillow fort, and man, the set design of the pillow fort is ingenious. Oh, it looks so much fun. It looks so good. It looks so fun. And it's the type of thing that looks attainable, but is way removed from what could ever actually Mm -hmm. be built. Uh, It was pretty funny. The dean comes up, and Troy assumes that he's there to shut this down because they're taking up so much of the hallways of the school. Yeah. But he doesn't need a bribe. He's doing that great bit that you pointed out about I was Googling up record lengths of things. Uh, (laughs) But he does, of course, take the bribe from Bed Bath & Beyond. A lot of funny (laughs) things going on here. The the dean is really funny in this one. He doesn't get a ton, but he gets a decent amount. He's really funny in this, yeah. Any episode with a good amount of Dean is a good episode, typically. That's a good indicator that I'm going to enjoy the I episode. think for an episode that doesn't have a Dean-centric like line in it... This like, is the way to use him. This is exactly perfect. He comes yeah. in, he says funny stuff, he keeps the story moving along. Yeah. Like, really, all the po- all the plot lines he's somehow invest- in- involved in other than Jeff's. Yeah. So two of the three, which is good. I love it. Yeah, I really like it, too. Jim Rash is, is, a, is a star, that boy. Troy and Abed are having their first discussion that kind of leads to the rift that they'll have where Troy mentions that if they did a blanket fort, they could have a world record and that would be really exciting. But Abed mm-hmm. doesn't see it that way. He thinks that uh, winning a record doesn't mean what they did was cool. Doing something that's cool means what they uh, are doing is cool. And I think he's got a point there. But what do you think about the the rift here? It's I think that a, the, the pillow fort is really cool and I understand why they want, would have wanted to keep it. But I also understand why Troy is like, we could have a world record. That'd be awesome. That'd be such a cool, like, Troy and Abed thing for them to, like, have a world record together. That's the ultimate, like, best friend, like, I don't know, thing. And I think it's smartly written because it's clear that Abed's kind of acting this way off of the heels of sure. Troy trying to say that he needs to be able to tell Abed what to do sometimes. And yeah. Abed, but they never, like, they never really publish it in a way that makes it so clear that that's what they're doing mm-hmm. you could watch this and just be like what's up with abed he's kind of off this episode but it tracks that they're even though their relationship is childlike they are adults and i feel mm-hmm. like that's starting to show uh yeah Troy is growing up and learning new things and he doesn't like just being abed sidekick all the time mm-hmm. he's upset about this and abed just kind of lets it go that that he didn't listen to troy's idea at all and while troy goes away for a second to get a drink he's a little uh what's the word he's what's the word i'm looking for he is uh, heated worked up no no furious fuming from the ears i'll go with the word boiling over he's left impressionable in this moment because of how he's feeling and so like clockwork Dean layborn shows up and this again, is a funny bit. Yeah, you know it's a great episode when John Goodman is in just a sliver of it, and that's okay because everything else going on is so good. Mm-hmm. And he is great in this. Apparently, uh, Laybourne looks like this because John Goodman had that beard and ponytail for a role he was playing. And they were like, you can have Goodman on the set for this day, but he's going to have a beard and a ponytail. And they were the like, The ponytail great. is his? We'll write jokes about it. Yeah, that's him. That's and his look hair. At it. Look at it. Of course it is. Wow. 
John Goodman's or, great. I don't know. He would have had to have grown that out for a long time, but they definitely said on the commentary that they were told that he would have a ponytail and a goatee, and they had to write that into the episode. That's hilarious. And the way that they write it in the episode is great. He's been gone for a while. He has a beard and a ponytail, and he says, what? I- I'm clearly going, going through, some, through stuff. some stuff, so just don't call attention to it. And he has a runner with this throughout the episode that pays off in spades every time it comes back up. But he's such a professional and so invested in the AC repair school that he puts <laughs> that aside to try and get young, impressionable Troy uh, into the AC repair school. And I love that Laybourne, who's been presented as so... Even though he's nefarious, he's probably the most, like, put-together person yeah. in all of Greendale. So now we know that, no, he's not. He's just as weird and broken as everybody else in Greendale, which I think is great. So funny. Any time that we get to have John Goodman's good, but especially in an episode where they use him this well and he gets to be extra funny in pose of just, uh, instead of just being, like, a great actor, I, yeah. I really enjoy it. I agree. If anything about the John Goodman stuff here, I thought it was a little heavy-handed that he's so tuned in on Troy that he knows about like Inspector Space Time. And See, I think that tracks. It is research. To relate him to him to you think so? Yeah. I just think it's the sh- that's one of the things that I think the show is being a little heavy-handed with. Inspector Space Time was a cool idea when they play it occasionally and when it's posters on their wall as if it's real media. But how often they make that what Troy and Abed talk about, that's what they're like known together as. I don't really like that that much. I think it's a funnier bit if it's just a part of the universe, not like such an integral part. I can see where you're coming with that, Zachary, and I do agree they do overuse it uh, in the future, but I think that this 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 doesn't bother me at all, the fact no, that Labor knows. It's not to, as bad as it gets in the future, but it's starting to creep to that territory, and there's an episode in season four that that whole episode yep. is that so um, maybe that sours me on it a little bit but it's john goodman he delivers everything so great uh donald glover acts really well off of him uh troy is so cute what do you think here this over the shoulder with him you see troy over the shoulder it's definitely donald glover but yeah. i think these shots that they've been doing with the over the shoulder in this episode look awkward and i, think I don't think there's any a, reason for them to be that one, way i think that's a one-time director thing i think that's just like that director's style mm-hmm. uh, honestly he's from Derek comedy you know maybe he is a slightly more amateur director when compared to the people that are like seasoned tv directors that are coming and doing the show yeah i don't something about this and the the uh shot with chevy earlier maybe it was chevy it's just that these shots look kind of awkward to me it's true i'm not a huge fan of these in general because it doesn't give the I don't know. We're not going to get into that, but <laughs> sure. we, don't need, we don't need to talk about conversation perspective. We can't talk film. about cinematography. We had to talk about Jared Fogel for 10 minutes. Exactly. Earlier. We used up our, our really actual film to. analysis talk. So Troy at first doesn't mind that he's the inspector or that he's Reggie. He, he knows that Reggie has great qualities, but the vice Dean does set in him that mixed with his situation with Abed that's going on right now that he often is playing second fiddle to Abed. And mm-hmm. like with the forts, when Abed says something has to be this way, Troy is always the one to put his thing aside to do what Abed wants. And that's sure. not good friendship. No, not at all. And I think that Troy's starting to realize that. And I don't think he thinks Abed is a bad friend, but I think Troy is more confident now yeah. than he was when the show started. And yeah. he can speak up for himself a little more. I love that the show is making the choice to have a rift between Troy and Abed, kind of. Mm-hmm. Because any show would do that, and it's a little like 
it's too easy of a thing to make the two best friends uh, have a fight. It's it's a harder thing to show a friendship where they're true friends and where they yeah. just get each other. Similar with how it's so easy in sitcoms to make the married couples hate each other when it's mm-hmm. so much harder to write funny stories uh, about a successful married couple that love each other. And that, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, uh, shows always have a will they won't they because it's never any fun once they get together sure Only some of the best shows have been able to do that I have my issues with friends but like friends was able to do that with Chandler and Monica mm-hmm. uh, but often a show can't do that I agree um, even how I met your mother that was so close to doing it with uh, uh, Marshall and Lily they break mm-hmm. up at a point in the show yeah and it's it, it's and so it, it feels a little bit forced that they would do that with Troy and Abed because of how tight-knit they've been the entire series so far, but I like it because they do it in a very atypical way and mm-hmm. it's a very community way. So I'm glad that they do it and then it's been done and they can go back to Troy and Abed just being friends while they're still on the show together. Yeah. And I, I, they do do, they do do, they do do a good job with that compared to some other yes. shows. So once again, hats off to community. We're not there so, yet. Though. <laughs> watching this episode, and I guess after watching the episode, you didn't remember the Jeff plot. Did you remember anything about this plot going into it? No. So here, when Jeff and Annie go to the locker that's supposed to be this Kim who wrote the letters locker, uh, and and a guy, a student shows up and and explains that what, how could you like? Why are you are you serious? Are you seriously looking yeah. at that locker? She died several weeks ago. Did you have any inclination that this guy was Kim, or was it a twist that were that that they um, got over on? That him? was my first thought when he when he first walked up. I was like, oh, that's gonna be Kim. It's a guy. And then he's like, oh, she's dead. And then my thought was that actually Annie left the note. Yeah, and signed it, Kim. They yeah. said in the uh, commentary that the original idea for this plot was that Jeff would find a letter from Annie written their first year together that mm-hmm. would like really change things between them. But the more they thought about it, the more it became too big of a plot for what they needed it to be. Yeah. So they did this instead. One thing that I wanted to say, this guy who plays Kim, I got the idea in my head partially because they look slightly alike that if, if Kim had been played by Tim Robinson of yeah. I Think You Should Leave and all of these lines were delivered in his bizarre style, so I think it would have been perfect. I think this would have been a great cameo for him. I think so too. I would have loved to see. And if you haven't seen any of I Think You Should Leave, it's one of – if. Well, you got to watch like a couple episodes. If you think Tim Robinson is funny from watching it, you'll think he's one of the funniest people ever. Yeah. If you think it's completely off-putting, I get it. But you should check it out first and see if it floats your boat because so I think funny. it's hilarious. But the guy, Kim, who's explain he pulls one over on Jeff because he's offended that he doesn't remember him, says that the Kim who the locker belongs to has died recently, but he has to leave. He can't explain because there's a rally for Garrett, <laughs> and it's another bit. I'm glad that they bring this up a second time where – and he says, but we saved him. And did we? <laughs> that was really funny. I like that Garrett's just existing within his own like life, but they're having like rallies to help him. <laughs> he probably doesn't even know about it or oh, something. Oh, no. Now we get a scene that kind of begins uh, Subway and Britta's relationship as they're mm-hmm. next to each other in line. And uh, uh, Britta is just so off-put by everything about Subway that, that this itches her, I like to pretend to be a social justice warrior scratch in a way that the show hasn't really done much yeah. since season one with Britta. And this way 
for her to do it is so more the weird that community has become <laughs> while using the best parts of Britta's character. There is no sense at all of Britta is the worst in this episode. No. Other than maybe that Shirley and Pierce think that she's kind of slutty, but that's more on them than on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a perfect Britta episode, and I love everything she does in this from being hostile towards Subway to warming to him a little bit later. And the, I wish I knew the guy's name. The guy who plays Subway does a great job acting opposite her. Uh, at, at first, it's total corporate small talk yeah. because uh, Britta's like, oh, you meat pusher. And he's like, well, it sounds like you're a vegetarian. You should try Subway's vegetarian. <laughs> and when we were watching that, Lily rolled their eyes because I've seen them order many a Subway veggie delight in their <laughs> vegetarian days. That's funny. And they have a little conversation that links them together that, that makes them – warm to each other a little bit where Britta brings up Orwell's 1984 which is totally what this type of plot is kind of commenting mm-hmm. on and he mentions that it's one of his favorite books and he thinks kids should be forced to read it which <laughs> totally doesn't track for a guy who's living that literal yeah. nightmare and Britta recognizes that uh, a human puppet with big sandwiches hand up his ass uh, but that cuts it off that cuts off the co- the conversation hard and dry hard and dry now let's go mm. with it. It cuts it off hard and dry, and Subway says, well, I can't talk about that. I can't discuss my former life. I can't engage in non-Plutonic relations, practice religion in public, or eat non-fresh, unhealthy food like that found anywhere outside Subway. That was a really great delivered line. Yeah, I, it was. Man, perfect writing from the community writers to make lemonade out of the <laughs> the commercial placement lemons. Sure. Subway walks away having kind of impressed Britta, and Britta... Man, Gillian does the the sexual longing towards Subway so well throughout this episode as it ramps up. It makes me laugh really hard. And then there's maybe the most bizarre touch in the entire episode where Subway walks up to an elderly blind man who, who says, like, is that you, Subway? My eyes ain't so good. And he helps him eat his tater tots, and then they cut away. That's just so weird. Why did... <laughs> It's just another way for Britta to like fall head over heels, but it's just it feels so foreign. It's to very funny, and yeah. it is really funny. Is that you, Subway? Pierce and Shirley show up to take advantage of this. They're trying to bring Subway down. Pierce is nice horsemanship and has trouble with the word. Uh, we get another Pierce is going crazy when he says, "I forgot it was the '90s," and, and Shirley <laughs> says, "Uh oh, this time." Uh, and this kind of kind of moves forward the plot that Shirley and Pierce are going to try to get Britta to use this thing between her and Subway to help them take Subway down yeah. and get Shirley's restaurant back up. I believe that Shirley would be devastated that her restaurant didn't go through, but what they do with her in this episode, I don't like. I don't believe that she'd really be all that involved with like the nefariousness. Maybe a little bit when you think back to episodes like when she was trashing Slater's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe she would a little bit, but they don't really do anything with it or her in this episode when the catalyst of this episode that's so good was Shirley's sandwich shop idea. Well, yeah, and I think now that Shirley, like she's married, she's got other stuff going on, I don't think she'd be as invested to spend all her time trying to get Britta to sleep with this guy. She's got other things to deal with. Yeah. I don't think they, the, the Shirley work in this episode is very thoughtful at all, which is disappointing. Uh, what here, Britta agrees to help them, uh, forlornly, but it's basically just because she wants to get closer with Subway. Yeah. 
After commercial, we get a scene that I love dearly from this episode. Britta picks out a copy of 1984 at the library and sits down in a booth to herself. And when she opens it up, there's a page <laughs> that's bookmarked by a subway napkin. And underneath it is a highlighted passage that reads something about, what is it, like physical, uh, someone becoming a physical necessity. A necessity. Which is a line that'll come up later that, man, it's just so like Nicholas Sparksy, but it's about subway and it's yeah. so funny and it's so funny to watch gillian just commit so hard and the actor that plays subway commits so hard into this it's so perfect the way I that they it. communicate without looking at each other and they're starting to have these kind of veiled conversations because subway's facade is starting to crack and he's starting to give away some slight details about himself and britta is eating up every bit of it Subway denies highlighting the passage in the book, even though he did. Uh, but but there's this really nice, like, overdramatic, like, the who were you, Subway, that I think is really, really funny. It's just so bizarre. This is one of the most bizarre things Community has ever done, and I love it so much. I love it's when really he finally funny. tells Brito what his real dream is. He's only doing the Subway thing, so in three years he can live his real dream. And the way when he says what it is, his shelter for <laughs> handicapped animals, the way that Brita just melts and swoons and like closes her eyes. Gillian is a star in this episode, and Brita <laughs> is a star character in this episode in a way that she doesn't get to be nearly as often as she should when this is yeah. the type of episode you get when she is. Subway gets nervous when he realizes how close they're getting and how much he's letting his facade drift away, so he leaves. And, and I like the way that Britta gives a, a salutation of eat fresh. As yeah. He leaves. <laughs> Let's talk for a second. What are your thoughts on the food establishment, Subway? Let's not go on a whole rant, a Jared Fogel-style rant. Subway, pro or con? Pro. How pro? Um, For a while, it was my favorite. It's not the one I eat the most now, but every time I go, I'm very satisfied. I really liked it when I was a kid. I liked that you can get big sandwiches there. and mm-hmm. uh, But I do think that their ingredients are pretty gross and that uh, the healthiness is kind of a facade. You can order healthy there, but getting a foot-long meatball marinara on Italian herbs and cheese with extra provolone or whatever you get, that's not eaten so fresh. Yeah, I've had the same order for years and years at Subway. I've, I've perfected it. Um, it is a foot-long spicy Italian on Italian herbs and cheese. Add bacon. I don't often. I don't. I don't really do bacon so much anymore. Not even on burgers. I've kind of outgrown bacon. I like bacon with my breakfast, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't often go for like the cold cut or like those types of meat type sandwiches. I'll get the. I guess if I do get bacon, I'll get the chicken bacon ranch with Southwest sauce. And I like to throw in some like pickles, black olives, onions, and jalapenos. I also like the steak and cheese. Mm. See, I don't do hot from Subway. You do cold. I do, yeah. Maybe I'll have to do that sometime. That's I'm not anti-Subway, but I do think that uh, it's not as fresh as it implies. Sure. If I want a hot sandwich, I'll do Potbelly or mm. – it. back in college when I had easy access to a Quiznos. Quiznos. I, I haven't had Quiznos in adult life, but – what I've liked recently as far as a sub-style sandwich, I like what they're doing over at Jersey Mike's. Never been. It's pretty good. They on the on the cold side, they put this like vinaigrette like juice they call on like all of their subs that's really tasty. Mm. And on the hot side, I got a uh, like a cheesesteak and mushroom sandwich that was very very tasty. Nice. But we couldn't we reached out for sponsorship, but they couldn't. 
Yeah, I'm probably gonna go to Subway as soon as we finish. There's one yeah. across it's the hard, street from my house. It's hard not to, isn't it? Yeah, and I haven't gone in a while. I should go hit them up. So Troy and Abed are building the pillow fort, and there's another thing that kind of puts the rift a little bit closer to a breaking point, uh, because Abed calls out the way that Troy is doing things, and Troy doesn't like being called out, especially after being pushed away when he had an idea that he wanted to do. So he finally lets it out. He says that he's upset because he wanted to do something else, and Abed didn't even give a second thought about it. And mm-hmm. he, he's upset because he feels like a sidekick, and like not even a sidekick, but he's like less than a sidekick. And Abed, what's your read on Abed this episode? I don't, I feel like what they're doing with Abed is good character work, but I don't like Abed in this episode, and I hate feeling that way about him. I agree. I was very kind of conflicted because I like Abed so much as a character, but I can't stand how he's acting in this episode towards Troy. I think it's so closed off, and I think that it's acting out and very childish of him because I think he's doing it intentionally to show that Troy can't tell him what to do and that Abed's going to make his own choices regardless. What I will say is, even though I disliked Abed in both episodes, the work that they do with him here is miles above what they did in the Impressionist episode. Yes. Uh, I really like the arc. I just really don't like the way that Abed is tearing down in so, so quietly and plainly this guy who would do anything for him. Yeah. Or would, and he's like taking advantage of it. Uh, so Abed pretty much just says, if you want to do what you want to do, you can do whatever you want. Just leave me and my stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. And at first, when he says you can do whatever you want, Troy's like, thank you. But he says, leave my stuff out of it. And he's like, oh, okay, fine. I'll go do it, and I'll do it versus you. And now it becomes this rift. And now it's really a rift. And it's so community that it's, you know, it was silly when it was over celebrity impressionists. But for some reason, when it's about pillows and blankets, yeah. it works for the characters and it feels right for the universe. I believe that everyone at Greendale would get behind each of their sides. Oh, yeah. I like this so much. I do, too. And I'm really excited for the next. I mean, we're, we're still well within the one we're in, but it gets me very excited for next week. Yeah, and it stands alone well in this episode. Like, of course, it's a perfect setup for next week, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad that it takes two episodes because it doesn't feel like they're stretching it out. I love seeing it yeah. get built and then next episode seeing what comes from this war. Totally. Now we're back to Jeff and Annie. I really like the line here when Annie asks Jeff if he's okay, and he says, well, I'm lying on campus furniture, so no. Because, <laughs> you know, if you're if you're like waiting between classes or something at a college and you're like, laying down on one of their couches or like yeah. watching TV on your laptop, which I've done on like one of the chairs. Uh, it's probably not your best day. Yeah. <laughs> right. Jeff is really distraught and I like this, but I don't like that. He never quite that. He never quite gets to the root of the issue, which is that he is inconsiderate. He he's upset because someone died thinking that he was a bad person. And that's a really hard uh, uh, thing to deal with, especially when you're someone like Jeff, who really needs mm-hmm. everyone to like him. And you can kind of live with it if you know you could convince someone otherwise. But this person, as far as he knows, is off of the face of the earth. Yeah. And he's There's gonna no chance. be that dick forever. There are a couple lines in this scene where Annie peppers in, maybe you made out with them and just deduced them to something else for a long time and need to apologize to them. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the very, very slight sprinkle of Jeff and Annie being reminded? I thought it was a little unnecessary. I think it shows that she's pretty like bitter about it still. It's been because he years, did kind of do and they that. Haven't talked that much about it. Yeah, well, Annie also is young and yeah, and you know probably hasn't had a whole lot of that 
with her, you know, and that kiss yeah. meant something to Annie at the time. And yeah. she's like, and he just kind of moved on like it was nothing. And then married was going to marry Britta the next episode, you know? Well, I would feel different about it if it didn't feel like the show also forgot about it the next episode. Yeah, We've never sure. really been led to believe that it's this huge, there's still a thing between them, but that mm-hmm. that kiss is a huge thing that weighs over Annie's shoulders. It's yeah. been two seasons since then, and we it's haven't true. heard much about it. That's why it feels a little, like, I don't know, it feels a little fan servicey. That's fair. But it's really adorable and sweet when a group of students, including Leonard, show up to steal all the pillows that they can find. Uh, he's Jeff's upset because he was going to lay there, and Leonard's upset because he didn't invest in IBM when he had the chance, so nobody gets what they want. It, it's mm-hmm. a, good, a good little Leonard's bit. Leonard's wearing the cutest little jammies with planes, trains, and automobiles on them. I'm to the point where whenever we see Leonard, I think he is the most wholesome, adorable, mm-hmm. old person I've ever seen in my entire life. He's a cutie. And it's criminal that mm-hmm. if slash when we get a community movie, that there will be no Leonard. Yeah. Very sad. Maybe they can carry Fisher him in there somewhere. There we go. I just want to get one shut up, Leonard. Just one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like over the loudspeaker or something. Yeah. Britta's in the library eating a Subway sandwich and Shirley and Pierce show up and she like hides it really fast <laughs> to not show that he, that she's actually fraternizing with the enemy eating the sandwiches. So hiding sandwiches story, Zach, real quick. There was a guy that came okay. to a, a like interview at my studio Yeah. and he had like three-fourths of a Jimmy John's sandwich in his pocket. To talk like about, I think out. you should leave again. There's a really funny bit where they're having a business meeting, and this one guy's got a foot long hot dog up his sleeve <laughs> because they like rescheduled the meeting. To That's be the new season, lunch. isn't it? Yeah, and all throughout the meeting, he like covers his mouth with his <laughs> sleeve and like eats a little bite of the hot dog, and then with the mouthfuls, like, mm, yeah, agree. It sounds stupid, and it is stupid, but it's hilarious. It's so funny. Everyone's though. like, we know you're eating a hot dog. It's like. I'm just really tired. It's really, so really funny. <laughs> Britta doesn't have any dirt to repair. To repair. What are, What are my words today? This is a tough day for Did us. Did I say man. Jeff doesn't have any? Yeah. I think wow. so. Britta doesn't have any dirt on Subway because uh, she doesn't want to give any dirt on Subway. She wants to spend more time with them. And Pierce and Shirley are upset about this. Uh, uh, Pierce thinks that that she's falling for him. Uh, I didn't like this exchange here. This is my least favorite Pierce part of the episode. Mm-hmm. When Britta's like, I lived in New York, and, and Pierce yells about her never living anywhere, and she's a weapon designed for sex, and she only thinks she lived in New York because he programmed her to? Do you, do you think that on? Pierce actually believes that now he's like working for the, like, the government and that she truly is like a spy and that he's like some director of something? I feel like any time I spend thinking too much about anything with Pierce is time wasted. Sure. So, sure. n- no, I've never thought that. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're going to pull her out because they can see she's getting too close to it. But first, they want her to bug Subway. They give her, or Pierce gives her, a pen that both works as a recording device and apparently a flask. But it's not a flask. Pierce just drinks ink. Mm-hmm. And it's a really funny physical bit from Chevy. Yeah. And I was glad to know that the digital placement of the ink in it wasn't just Chevy being a diva. It was because it's hard to clean up, and it's for good continuity. Sure. I think even this first time it's CG, though. It is, yeah. Because the dot on his chin definitely looks placed there. 
Yeah, it is. I think it looks worse the second time. I feel like if they were doing it for real, you know, it would have to run out of his mouth as he's talking. Mm-hmm. So Britta is uh, told to keep Subway close and to and uh, to plant this device on him and to slap some lipstick on those dead lips. Is that what he says? <laughs> I think so. He's just implying, you know, she's uh, zhuzh it up a little bit if she wants to really lock down that that five dollar foot long. Yeah. Okay. Which is I a really... wasted joke they didn't make. Yeah. Well, this might have been pre five dollar foot long. Wow. That I early don't know that in for the subway, sure, but it could have been. I really like the way that they build the pillow fort and the blanket fort to come to a head in the study room. I think mm-hmm. that's a really smart placement, and it creates a really cool visual. Yeah. Um, Troy and Abed kind of meet civilly, but it's very clear that they're now doing this versus each other. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but Troy feels like he's got the high road now because he's going to win a Guinness Book of World Record, hang out with fat guys on motorcycles, and be fitted for a beard of bees i thought that was a really funny yeah. line that Troy said well the dean rushes in to say that they're sending someone from guinness to to see if this can happen to see if they can win a world record for this and garrett lets troy know that his his blanket fort is still quite a few thousand square feet shy of being big enough for the world record i love garrett's nightcap <laughs> it's He's so camo cute. and the way that he just yells so intensely everything he does and so the only way right now that they could win is if they connect them. But uh, because Troy and Abed are so disconnected from each other, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And thus the, the the buildings of a war begins. Yeah. What do you think? Too silly or perfect? Perfect. Yeah. Just silly enough. Abed's not willing to connect because if you connect them it's not a pillow fort or a blanket fort anymore it's just nothing and he'd rather see his work destroyed than compromise it and he's perfectly willing at first to just tear it down because he's lost yeah. right but then when he's told to when Troy makes it clear that that's what he wants and the dean commands him to do it he's not going to let it happen <laughs> i like the dean's like in that way if we do this everyone wins well, well i think abed was still ready to do it he he gets a little a birdie in his ear a, a lusciously groomed beard and yeah. ponytail having birdie that's true that's very true we'll get there shortly uh he's ready to knock it down and he begins the protocol which i love how he calls over magnitude and there's this almost titanic-y kind of thing going on and i believe this is the first time magnitude has said anything other than pop pop right yes evacuate fort abed and prepare for self-destruction to sir Pop, pop, Captain. It's a beautiful <laughs> moment. Magnitude really shines when he gets a chance to. Always he does. He hopsteps into what he's doing. Really great. Abed prepares all of his people. And meanwhile, as the pillow fort is apparently about to come down, Britta is crawling through it. And that's when he, she finds Subway to have a romantic tryst. I love the way that they use the pillow for it in this last I do third too. It reminds me. I mean, the first time they did it, they had people moving through in like the parade. And it was hilarious. But... The fact that nobody else is calling attention it. to it here. Yeah. They're yeah. just that's just what it is now. I love and it. And it's a perfect place for them to apparently have sex unnoticed with each other. Yeah. Uh and and Britta comes and reveals that she came to to bug Subway, but she's not willing to do that. She snaps the pin in half, not knowing that it's still recording <laughs> everything as they have a romantic uh sexual time together, right? Yeah. Very very primal, as Britta called it. 
And they bring back the, to me, you are simply a physical necessity line. Britta says it back to him after he highlighted the passage, and that's what shatters the glass, and, and they kiss. And for being a man who's a physical embodiment of the corporate brand Subway kissing uh, Britta, it's heated, and I kind it of is. ship it. <laughs> I'm here for it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of all oh, of the— Oh, Subway. Did, did, did Gillian, who I think it's clear that we both find extremely attractive, mm-hmm. did her moaning and saying, oh, Subway, do anything for you? Are you going to be thinking about that when you go to your Subway after this? Not me, because the only thing I'll be moaning is oh, Jared's hoagies. <laughs> oh, Jared's hoagies. Win a free Jared's hoagie by Instagramming a video of your child doing their best— Jared Hoagie Moan, and the best 20 moans will win a Willy Wonka-style trip <laughs> to, to tour both the, both the Hoagie Porium and Jared's personal living place uh, for, I don't know, just... Not for, for he's legal a reasons, We're doing Jared, jokes about him being a pedophile. Yeah, for legal reasons, Jared can't be there, but... For the first 20 kids accepted into this special program, you'll get to meet his twin brother, Larid. <laughs> I promise they're different. You see, Larid has a handlebar mustache. Certainly and Jared not does different not. in behavior. <laughs> Finally, while they're listening to uh, a bootleg audio of Britta having sex with Subway, this is when Shirley draws the line. That's my biggest complaint, I think, for this episode. That the Subway thing isn't more of a Shirley storyline. Mm-hmm. That she could have even... This episode, I think, could have handled one more plot mm-hmm. involving Shirley down her own line to take down Subway. Yeah. Or even it could have gotten a little she bit... I don't know. Off I don't know. It's missing something from Shirley. It's good that she's finally like, I'm not doing this, but... But it's past the point of return. Pierce has drank way too much ink to see clearly that this needs to stop. And he's going to keep it going. And he's going to take down Subway himself. Kind of just because at this point. Yeah. That's the one that is rough for me. Because that's just a big His tongue being purple all blue. circle. Yeah. But I like the image of like eight pins on the floor. Yeah, like He's been doing good. this for a while. He's been chugging them all day. After, I think, the last commercial break, Jeff shows up to this locker that he believes is to the deceased Kim with flowers, and he's going to apologize to the locker like Annie suggested. Uh, And I thought, if anything, this was an awkward return from commercial. Yeah, it is. I just thought it was weird. It feels like uh, it should have come a little later in the episode. I don't Mm -hmm. know. It just feels like a weird return, but that's just me overanalyzing. Uh, Jeff apologizes to this locker, and it's about as heartfelt as he can be. I just really hate that if they're going to do a story like this, how Jeff, I don't know, here in a second when it's revealed that Kim isn't dead, he is the person that said that Kim was dead, that he like immediately forgives Jeff and they hug each other because he's so likable. How can the community writers do a storyline like this that's about Jeff being faced with this and not do something where he at least at least, like, realizes a little bit. I don't know. He doesn't change at all. Jeff if has anything, had to suffer very few consequences for his yeah, actions this he's season. Just so it's like totally back to season enabled. one. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the point, but it doesn't seem like they're doing anything with that either. That it's yeah. a little frustrating. Not enough to kill this episode. I think this is 
a strong B plus, maybe A minus, maybe an A of an episode. But this, if anything, is one of the few things that takes it down close to B plus, A minus territory for me because Jeff just never seems to learn and the show doesn't seem interested in teaching him any worthwhile lessons. But this whole scene with Kim chastising Jeff would have been so much funnier if it was Tim Robinson. Oh, it would have been hilarious. But yeah, that's pretty much what happens here. Kim tells him off. Jeff says sorry in like four words. Kim forgives him. He even says, I'm so sorry, Kim, right? He doesn't even really learn his name. And in the Mm-mm. end, we he's already forgotten. What are we supposed to take away from this? Just that Jeff is God and can get away with anything he wants? <sighs> it's the yeah. only... It's It's the only thing. It's it's a small thing, and it's just like 30 seconds of the episode, and it's just so they can get rid of this subplot, but I don't know. They could have cut this subplot and made more room for the others, or they could have had a little bit of emotional resonance in this episode for this subplot, just like they do with Subway and with uh, the other plot. Well, even if Jeff had just realized that Annie was clearly, like, projecting a little bit, he could have at least, like... Even if it was in, like, an annoying Jeff way, like, kind of, like, backhandedly apologized to her or, yeah. like, said, like, you know, sometimes things did mean a lot to someone at the time or something like yeah. that. He could have done anything, but instead he just kind of glances right past it. And then all of a sudden it's about Annie being mad at Jeff the whole time. This is when she's trying mm-hmm. to teach him a lesson. I don't really like this Also, I also either. don't like when she says all the girls you dominate and then ignore. That's a weird way to say what happened yeah. between them. And knowing that Chris McKenna wrote this episode, they're probably older men wrote this episode. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, mm-hmm. it, all of a sudden, the subplot that was perfectly fine uh, ends in a way that brings out some of the more unlikable bits of Jeff and Annie, when for the most part it was a harmless subplot with them. Annie even had a couple of moments that I thought yeah. were really funny. But yeah, I, I, I was glad when the subplot ended. But thankfully... The rest of the episode is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love that they have it all jerry-rigged, so Abed's pillow fort has this one tug that he can yeah. pull to let it all collapse, and I think that's so cool. And that's how it was in the last time that they did mm-hmm. this too, but it's even to a bigger extent. I really, really like it. Yeah, Abed's ready to say goodbye to hit. <laughs> Abed's ready to say goodbye to it, but Vice Dean Laybourne has shown up unannounced <laughs> in some really in a really cute like long john mm-hmm. onesie red. Uh, and he shows up to Abed. I don't know if I needed this. I think it, no. it works better if Laborn is mostly just there to to talk to Troy and almost everybody else doesn't even know that it's going on, kind of. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I maybe it's that Laborn gets that he's really close to having Troy where he wants him. So he convinces Abed to make this a war uh, to, to take a stand against Troy to keep his pillow fort up. Sure. And it works. He decides to make it a war, and the pillow fort isn't going anywhere. Do you think Abed would have seen through this, though, or should have seen through this a little bit? I think he probably should have, but I also think that Abed doesn't know who Vice Dean Laybourne is, so he has sure. no reason to think that there are any, like, ulterior motives. Sure. I like his, can you turn while I crawl this away? This is so funny. I'm going through some stuff right now. I'm really self-conscious. Very <laughs> insecure. That was a funny bit. Yeah. Here's another thing that I thought was pretty funny in this last couple minutes of the episode. This guy who's the representative of Subway has several killer moments in the scene. Oh, yeah. Britta, Britta shows up in the dean's office where the dean, the representative of Subway, is surely there too or just Pierce? Mm-hmm. Surely Shirley and Pierce and Subway are all there because Pierce 
turned in the footage of Britta having sex with Subway, and they're about to listen to it. They're about to make the representative listen to it, and it's going to bring Subway down the way that they wanted all along. And it's a pretty funny bit while the representative is listening through headphones, and at first he's like, oh, okay, okay. I'm going to let this one slide. Not too bad. And then what's really funny is after a while, he's like, oh, wait, listen, I'm listening to this. I'm listening to this. That got unhealthy real quick. He's like, okay, that's weird. That's well out of the mainstream. But the last thing he says, you know, I was raised in the Bay Area, but I'm a father now. That was just so weird. <laughs> that's really funny. And the really guy delivered funny. It really funny. I thought it was a really funny bit. And then the other really funny, two other funny things he gets in the scene First, he, he calls Subway Rick, and Rick's like, my name is Subway. He's like, not anymore. Very dramatic. Very good. <laughs> Britta's heartbroken. And the representative takes like a walkie-talkie or literally just talks into his wrist. <laughs> the he bread says, is the stale. The bread is stale. And everyone shouts no as these like black-suited men come to take Subway away or Rick away. And Britta's heartbroken, and, and, and he's gone. And it's kind of sad. Britta was falling in love for the first time that we've seen. Yeah, and it's a shame. I how do you feel about the bit where he's like, "Can someone hear me, my jacket?" Please? That's the other thing. I think that's really funny. Do you not think it's very funny? I think it's funny. I think it's a little unrealistic that nobody else got it. What? That nobody in the room got why he wouldn't get up. What do you mean? Like everyone's like, "Well, it's just over there. You can go get it." They're like, well, "Wouldn't you just well, get why on your are way you out?" Saying why wouldn't he get up? Huh? What are you saying? Well, nobody else in the room. Me understood why he wouldn't stand up everyone understood why he wouldn't stand up but i think they were more like why do we have to grab your jacket for you why can't you just get up and grab your jacket and leave angrily why are you making it weird no he wouldn't stand up because he was erect zachary and he I didn't, didn't want them to see his erection that's the whole joke i didn't get that at all but and i thought that's what you're handing out are you sure yes that's the joke <laughs> I didn't pick it up that way. What did you think it? Why Why wouldn't he get I up? I thought it's because he's like this high stature man and he first like wants to be handed his jacket because he doesn't do anything for himself. And then No, once, not at all. And then once they say no, he like really has to double down and commit to it. No, he's hiding a boner, Zach. But aren't we all? Well, I guess maybe it is realistic that people didn't get it. Because you yourself. Zombie. Yeah, I didn't get it. Mr. Joke Master, that's what you call yourself on uh, Tumblr. I've been known to call myself that very many <laughs> times, exclusively on Tumblr. Yeah, I guess I didn't get the joke. I still thought it was funny, even if I didn't laugh at it for the right reasons. Did you not like it because it was a boner joke? I just, I thought that it was a, that it was clear that's why he wouldn't stand up. Maybe you didn't hide jury erections in school like I did. unacceptable today was. They should have had him get up and then had the dean just go like, oh. Yeah. Oh, I thought the dean was already kind of sitting like that. Like he was like, oh, yeah. Like at the end. Just when I thought the Jeff Annie thing was over, there's a little bit more of it. Now they have to. Why apologize is he dressed like again. that? Yeah, Jeff's changed clothes for some reason, uh, and he already forgets about Kim. And Annie apologizes. I don't know. It's just a button on a, a story that the button that they ended it with was enough, and I was ready mm-hmm. to move on from it. Uh, Britta storms away. <laughs> Corporate America has destroyed love and crashes through them and sees who she thinks is Subway walking through the hallways. And it is Subway, but Subway is not quite as she remembered. He's a lot like, more pipsqueaky now. Right. I like that when Britta says that, Annie's like, again? <laughs> Britta, it is me, Subway. The way he says that. And then, uh, and we're still very much in love. And uh, <laughs> I remember everything in the pillow fort except for that one 
sex act that was deviant and was not consensual on my behalf. And then he kisses <laughs> her on the forehead. It's really funny. And if anything, I think it's doing a disservice that this storyline doesn't have a little bit more closure for Britta. Yeah. I like how it ends this way, but I almost could have done with this plot. Obviously, it wouldn't really fit with the Ken Burns documentary that they do for Pillows and Blankets. But it does seem like they really put a bunch of buttons on Jeff and Annie's plot. But Britta's plot was so interesting. Yeah. And I would have. it seems like she's genuinely sad. And somehow they made this love story that was so ridiculous about a brand work, kind of. I would have loved to have seen – I thought I remembered it going the direction that – and maybe this is from the Honda episode, I don't remember, that, like, once he's not Subway anymore, like, the spark is gone. Yeah, I was yeah. kind of expecting something like that, but no, he literally just disappears when they take him away. It's a shame. We but he'll, wait. Co- he'll come back in oh, season six. Have you mm-hmm. seen that episode? It sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know if it's just from you telling me about it or if I've actually seen the it. The Dean's, like, really susceptible and buys a shit ton of Honda stuff, and yeah. he's wearing, like, a Honda leathered tracksuit and, like, a... Like a has a motorcycle and a bunch of Honda memorabilia in his office and nice. It's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Garrett shows up to announce <laughs> that, and I they're all startled because they can't see him. He's head to toe cam- camouflage. Yeah. Uh, there's something going on in the study room, and everyone should check it out. So, but he's out of breath, so he can't elaborate <laughs> because he walked very briskly. He can elaborate on why he's out of breath, but not yeah, on what's but going not on anything in the study past room. that. So they do all go to the study room, and now this is the big finale of the episode. I love everything about this scene and how it builds to the next episode. Uh, there's kind of a little riot going on in the study room. The two sides, the blanket fort, the pillow fort, fighting each other, not just Troy and Ovid, but everyone who's worked on it with them. Yeah. Neither of them wants to see their project end the way that it is. The dean tries to calm it down, but that's not going to happen. I love the shot of like Troy and Ovid pacing and then the dean like just in the middle trying to keep yeah. the sides at peace. I will say, even though I dogged on the guy who directed this episode for some of the over-the-shoulder shots that I didn't mm-hmm. like that much, all of the scenes involving Troy and Abed subplot or uh, Britta and Subway, they did a really good job in those yeah. things. There were just a couple of little beats that felt like not Community's typical style, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Troy and Abed can't come to an agreement. Nobody's going to take down their thing. The dean is, says, well, okay, I'm in charge. The The... Pillow for it has to come down. Let's flip a coin. Like, whatever. He's just trying to end it, but that's not yeah. going to be enough. The people from the pillow fort are so upset that he calls for it to be brought down. And then he says something to Starburns, and Starburns is mad that he didn't call him Alex. So he throws a pillow that's meant for the Dean. But the ends shot up... heard round the world. Yes, the shot heard round the world that hits the blanket fort in the perfect way to domino quite a bit of it down. And it's upsetting. And it's war, and they charge at each other, and this is the – I almost feel like even considering paintball, maybe mm-hmm. not paintball, but scale-wise, this is one of the yeah. biggest things the community has done so far, and it looks great. It's so silly. It looks yeah. like a war. They capture so well how Troy and Abed are torn at the middle of it. Yeah, it's that really was good. great. You know, and really like – you know, like I didn't cry, but it almost made me feel a little something, something. This moment right here, and they're looking at each other, and they're like, "How's yeah, it gotten this far?" I almost thought that. It, now I'm no tro bed shipper, but it felt a little sexually charged. <laughs> the way was they it Garrett at each other. behind them that was getting you going a little bit? It's always Garrett that's getting me. Well, because I think they're both like, "How did this get so far?" But yeah. also, this is like. The perfect scenario for Troy and Abed at the same time, because just as much as they're doing this against each other, they're still like having the most ultimate like, like yeah. 
like war pretend situation. Sure. Yeah, I think it, it, it all of their synapses go off at this. I think that this is so many things to the both of them. Well, and someone's going to have to hand them their jackets. Yeah, I like the way that they're both being stretched thin. They're looking at each other for a second before this all continues to go further and gets so many more people involved and so mm-hmm. many more people hurt. And as the as the war begins and they both kind of go back to their sides to rally their troops and make a plan, uh, they take one last glance at each other and Abed looks right in the camera and says to be continued. What do yeah. you think about that? Do you like that as an ending? Yeah, I do. I do too. It's pretty good. And that's the end of the episode. Wow. What an episode. The Jeff and Annie stuff is a little bit weaker than everything else, but it's a C plot and it doesn't sure. do enough to take away. I think... I think this is one of the finer episodes of the season so far. Probably top three for me. I'd have it up there. I'd have to look and see for sure yeah, to crack my too, top three, but I enjoyed it quite it a bit. It made me smile a lot, and I didn't mind rewatching it every time I rewatched it. It was a really fun one. Let's talk about the end tag. We get one more little bit of John Goodman as he's just kind of plotting and scheming uh, what he's going to do with Troy. But it's really just so we can get one more bit of uh of him going through some stuff he says all the stuff he has to say and then he says to his like accomplice all right now let's or i'll see you at band practice yeah and he puts on like a ska band hat and the level kevins no no kelvin, kelvin zeros no. <laughs> kelvin and the zeros leaven unleavened bread i and think he he's gonna a play a trumpet <laughs> he walks away that's one of the most slight end tags we've gotten of the series but the funny the jokes about him being going through some stuff and like what is this guy going through and then he's in a ska band and of course someone who's going through all this like a divorce or whatever he's having yeah. going on would start a ska band it's pretty funny i'm glad that we got one more button on that and that's the end of the episode really solid enjoyed yeah. it thoroughly front to back who is the mvp this week for you uh for me i think it's i mean an honorable mention okay to uh the side characters in this one i think that the dean was great and he's not a side character necessarily but he wasn't one of the main people in this episode garrett was fantastic and john goodman has always delivered a really good performance but the mvp for me this well, week let me say, what Britta. you say about the side oh sorry let's say it again in a second what i really like with this episode is the side characters uh, it's one of the great examples of when when Greendale kind of gets to be like how Springfield is and The Simpsons or all kinds of things. Yeah. When it's just like this sandbox with all of these toys you can play with. And when they you do episodes that, that highlight a lot of them at once, it's always really good. I buried the lead on your MVP. Tell me who it is. Uh, one Britta today gets the MVP. I think she was great this episode. She's been really doing a great job the last few episodes in some episodes that weren't my favorite. Sure. Yeah, and I think it really all comes together in this one, and she just really nailed it all the way through. And it was a good Britta storyline. I love everything with her in Subway. I think it's believable, and she really ties together the whole episode. I have two honorable mentions. My first honorable mention is Subway. Mm -hmm. I think the way that the actor performs it, he commits so hard to it that the most ridiculous unbelievable thing in the series so far that you just go with it and a lot of it has to do with his charm and his like every man qualities it's really really great and i really like that uh but my my second uh honorable mention goes to 
Subway, the brand, because <laughs> I love the way that they allowed community to kind of make fun of them and yeah. make fun of corporations and that they seem to be in on the joke. And this isn't the only show that they've done something like that on. They did it on Chuck. They're always kind of mm-hmm. able to be in on the joke. And I think that looks good on a brand. And now brands like Wendy's do it all the time and like Arby's does it on social media. But this yeah. was like a precursor to that. And it's cool to see out of the brand. But of course, my MVP does go to Britta Perry. This is maybe Britta's funniest and best performed episode by Gillian of the series. It's the first plot line in a while that that is true, even though it's ridiculous, it's true to what we know about Britta as a character and doesn't just focus on her being bad at things or people not taking her psychology mm-hmm. seriously. And Gillian is so funny. She's so funny when they let her be. And I love it. So Britta's my MVP. And that's where we end things out on digital exploration of interior design a really solid episode a standout of the season and next week i'm so excited to dive into an absolute classic next week we'll be back talking about pillows and blankets awesome can't wait what i will say is we're still deep into our uh time vacuum right now of kind of recording extra episodes so if you'd like to write us in trivia your episode mvp and your favorite funny moments so we can use it on the podcast the next episode that we're calling out for trivia on is virtual systems analysis a really great episode uh that's the really abed heavy dreamatorium episode Mm -hmm. that we'll be covering in a few weeks from now but that's the next one we'll be recording as of this release so send us in your trivia for that to can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com steven where can the people find us you can find us over on the tweet twat twatter dot dot tit You can find us on Twitter over at you can't dis the pod. Mm-hmm. We're on Instagram over at you over at can't disappoint podcast, uh, and we're on YouTube and Facebook under the name you can't disappoint a podcast. There's always more to come. We'll be back next week with. Shit, I just looked. Oh, oh, pillows and blankets, duh. We'll be back next week with pillows and blankets. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stuff always going on over at patreon.com slash podcast if you want to support us. And I guess all that's left to say is from inside the Dreamatorium, uh, Black Lives Matter, get vaccinated, and God eat fresh us, everyone. I'm Zach. <laughs> I'm Steven. And we'll see you next week. Well, I guess we won't see you. It's a podcast. but No, I like that. We'll see okay. you next week. Steven likes it. We see all of you. Bye. Bye. Let's make it catch you on.